Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Matt Holiday, should have quit before we started. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. <laughs> There's the energy. And yes. this week, also, we are joined by returning guest, friend of the show. You may know him as C70 or the host of Meet Me at Mutual or one of his many other podcasts. You may know him as the blog father, but we just know him as Daniel. Daniel Shop Talk, <laughs> thank you so much for being back on the show. Glad to do it, guys, at least as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It always starts at a high point, and our episodes just go downhill from here. So, yeah. uh, this week, we are going to, with Daniel, recap the off-season, get his thoughts on the, the, uh, the news that happened over the last few months. We're going to talk a little bit about the various position player battles that we may see in spring. And we're going to try to dig into the maybe death of Valley Sports. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Well, Hambone, Gorilla, <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> we have to start with uh, a bit of a milestone. Wow. Um, this isn't our first time hitting this number, but it is the first time for, for this iteration of the show. Ben, we've done 50 episodes of this thing. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel uh, older, uh, slower, yeah. dumber, worse. Um Yeah. Roughly 50 uh, weeks older. Yeah, almost exactly. <laughs> almost 50 exactly. weeks older. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is not Same. quite a year. Uh, no. So, you know, we still have there, two weeks to turn this ship around, um, which I don't think is going to happen. But no, I, I think I feel other than all those other things that are going wrong and I'm falling apart and my life is falling apart and I, my health, um, I, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I think we really peaked last episode where you were barely able to talk. So, <laughs> hey, you said my mouth loosened up as the show went on. Yeah, I kind of regretted saying that too. It was one of the weirder things <laughs> yeah. that I've ever heard. <laughs> it was. That ibuprofen just took like 45 minutes to kick in, but hey, we were doing all right. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about your mouth loosening. <laughs> oh my any- God. <laughs> I was in pain. You're like I a podcast you- through surgery. You unhinged your jaw and uh, <laughs> <laughs> absorbed a uh, some uh, full run of podcast. But yeah, no, I'm. What? I'm uh, I don't know. I okay. started talking before I knew where the joke was going. Um, <laughs> Daniel, thank you for being here. How's your off- <laughs> How's your off season been? It's been a it's little while been, since we've had you. It's been fine. It hasn't been as productive as y'all, so I have not done a show every week. So um, i got to say that's pretty impressive, especially <laughs> in the winter, um, to be able to do that. So kudos to y'all for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, everything's been good. And um, here we are, you know, what, a week and a half, basically, until games. Uh, about, a you know, just about a week till people start showing up and we get all these pictures of – 
guys running around doing jumping jacks on our Twitter feeds. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's the best time of year. Baseball guys doing baseball activities. Exactly. What more could you ask for? Playing catch, looking at little cards, standing in the outfield. That's really what we want. That's why we're here. I, I am. I, I have, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, have, I can't believe they haven't televised the pitching the pitcher fielding performance tournament yet i I don't know why they're not doing that (laughs) honestly i would pay extra for that um (laughs) i I think like maybe i heard you say this daniel or maybe i saw it on twitter or something but i think i'm really looking forward to the full reporter access that should be coming back in full force Mm -hmm. this year where you're talking about where like gould and uh uh uh, gold and uh uh woo and and everyone are are tweeting every single video of people moving their uh you know their their luggage from one place to another and then going and eating breakfast and you're getting all these candid shots like i am here for all of that i i can't wait for all of the non-content content to be coming through sure i mean and you know i did we interviewed with uh, katie Wu a couple of weeks ago on the show and you know this is as we pointed out this is the first real normal spring training we've had in a while right i mean yep. you know last year the lockout the year before with kind of coming out of covid and then of course two years before we had a normal start to it and not so much a normal ending. Um, so just being able to know when people are going to show up and <laughs> just know that this is, I mean, knock on all sorts of wood and assuming China doesn't send more balloons or something. Um, you know, everything should go fine. Uh, and, and we'll have a kind of a normal regular year. Oh, how many balloons do you think it would take to shut down spring training? Probably a lot of balloons. <sighs> yeah. I think it's got a, or, one really low hanging balloon that I was just one low hanging, like a balloon that's in the batter's eye because you know how white that balloon was. If the player, I mean, they might think it's a ball. Yeah. That would be really confusing. <laughs> I think that's the way it looked to Aaron judge last year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, I, I think we were talking about that a little bit last week with this being a, you know, what feels like a return to normalcy and, uh, you know, only increased access, more people on the ground with, uh, you know, the, the candid videos really enjoy. Um, obviously the world baseball classic makes it mm-hmm. slightly different than a normal spring training, but I think it actually, it kind of is going to give us a little bit more of what we actually all want in spring training is to see these guys who you don't normally get to see play, uh, with the big league camp, um, I'm expecting we'll see more at bats from a guy like Jordan Walker or Mason Winter, all the non-roster invitees, um, because there will just be more space with uh, mm-hmm. with so many people. The Cardinals are actually have one of the largest contingencies of players participating in the World Baseball Classic, so um, there's a lot of at bats and innings available for these these younger guys. Yeah, and you, look, ha- uh, you have to think ahead, that. Uh, like anyone who has a question mark around their playing time or performance, Tyler O'Neill, Paul uh, DeYoung, um, Lars Newbar, Dylan Carlson, like all of those guys are going to be playing almost every day, which means that we get to watch a lot of them. And hopefully, you know, we get to see these off season tweaks, adjustments, visits to Marucci headquarters or whatever kind of take form. And, and I mean, I love watching, Arenado and Goldschmidt, but I don't really need to watch them in spring training games. I'm much more excited to watch them in a real competitive environment. Expect like we were kind of talking about this before we got on the mic, like uh, the uh, the the, w- the little press conference that they did today Ooh. on on two. We're recording on Tuesday. The one thing that really 
they, or I guess the thing that they communicated extremely clearly is that it is a very high level of competition and that they want to go in there and beat every other team really, really badly. Like they are not taking this as an expedition exp, ex, expedition. Um, <laughs> We're going to Lewis and Clark that shit. <laughs> I, I, they don't get to, they have to, they have to walk to the game from wherever they're at. Yes. It's, that's why they call it the World Baseball Classic. You have to go yeah. from location to location. On um, foot. On foot. But Wayno kept talking about a gold medal, and um, I don't know, that got me kind of fired up and excited for all that. Yeah, it should be it should be fun. I mean, if nothing else, it's two games a day, at least on some days, that we get to watch instead of just one. Um, um, and I look look forward to it. I Again, I, I'll ask y'all, because we talked about this a little bit, I think, last week on my show. Um even with the extra playing time, because it is big for DeYoung and others, how much do you gonna are you going to put into it? I mean, if if Paul DeYoung comes out and hits four hundred for the spring, do you believe that he's fixed <laughs> something, or do you think it's thirty at bats and this was kind of you know against other teams that no. are probably throwing their double or triple A guys? Paul, Paul DeYoung specifically? No, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I'm very nihilistic about Paul DeYoung at this point, and I'm not really going to. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope that he comes into spring and he's crushing it. But will that make me think like, oh, he's back? Let's you know, all systems go for Paul DeYoung. No, I don't think yeah. so. I guess I'm mostly looking for like health and consistency for a lot of these guys in spring. I want to see Tyler O'Neill out there every day, um, you know, cranking dongs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I guess like I'm less, those are the guys that I'm less interested in seeing Paul, the young specifically, it's a bad example, Mm -hmm. but like, I I don't know what there is to take from him. I'm more looking at, yeah, guys like O'Neill Carlson. Um, are they there every day? Are they healthy? Can they play the full run that they're expected to? Yeah. And I, I think like it's two different sides of the coin. Like how am I going to feel about it? And how is John Mosellock and Mike Gersh going to feel mm-hmm. about it? I think yeah, those are probably two very different things. But I think that if Paul DeYoung comes in and has 30 or 40 at bats and the exit velocity is looking good, um, I think that's going to be very, very good for Paul or uh, for DeYoung's future with Card. Well, this year with the Cardinals, um, the future only goes so far. Um, I, I will say though, like the swing thing, I don't so much care about, like, I don't think the problem has ever been the swing. A swing is a swing. It's the approach. It's him missing balls down the middle. Pardon me. Swinging at pitches outside, especially that low and outs that slider, um, down and away, um, that gets him. It's like, I, he can remake his swing all he wants it's it seems like he just can't see the ball or it's the analysis paralysis or whatever but i don't the 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 paul de young removing his leg kick and increasing his bat speed i don't care he always had fine bat speed he always had good power it's it's he's <laughs> he has either too much of a plan or not a plan at all when he goes up there i don't know it's somewhere <laughs> it's one or the other and that's no, I, I, he's not going to prove that he has changed that approach to me in 30 at bats is, I guess, is my, my stamp on that comment. Yeah, I, I, I would argue that he, I think it seems to me that he always has a plan. 
you know, I don't, and I think that's part of the problem, right? Is that we, we yeah. kind of see him as this like overly analytical approach and that if it doesn't go exactly as planned is where it starts to fall apart. Overly analytical approach, but unwilling to make changes until this year. <laughs> We've only seen his, his OPS plus his WRC plus his average his everything drop since he came up. And now he's like, Oh, I should, I'm going to remove a leg kick and now I'm going to, I'm going to be back to well, 2017 Paul DeYoung. When, when did he have that? When did he first come up? I, I, it's, it's gone from my mind at this point. You can tell Ben's very passionate about this point because his hands are flailing wildly (laughs) with this point about the, his, 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 uh, Paul DeYoung might've removed, uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, (laughs) I watched the Muppets the other night. Um, The uh, Paul Young has removed a leg kick and Ben has added an arm flail. <laughs> I at least, he, you know, at least he did it with a year left on his contract. Unlike yeah. Carpenter who waited till he got out of the organization. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I would love to, um, you know, I, I want to buy the hype, um, but I feel a little burnt with Paul Young specifically because it's been every year now is he, mm-hmm. he's, coming back something's changed he's got it now and it kind of looks that way right we even last year that happened it kind of looked that way like great we he seems like a nice guy like i i you know the cardinals are better with a good paul de young we're all on his side um it's just how many times can we have this exact same story happen where we get some article some blurb about his new approach his new success we see it and then it falls apart. And his the biggest problem with that is that he doesn't have a like serviceable floor. You know, it's mm-hmm. like he's either really, really good or like unplayable on a major league team, at least offensively. And that's really difficult, especially, you know, with the way the Cardinals at least worked last year with like an incredibly top heavy lineup. Like it you just you need something from that position and it was like a 45% strikeout rate or something mm-hmm. like that and then you paired that with like yadi and you know became an entire black hole at the bottom of the of the yeah. lineup and you know it's like i'd rather have obviously edmund and then use second base as your cycle for multiple other guys who are at least going to give you a serviceable <laughs> at bat but Hopefully, I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be a lot of fun if Paul Young had a good season, kind of a comeback, and uh, you know he goes off into free agency to uh, you know be really good for the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> <laughs> did we did we predict that like six months yeah, ago? I feel like okay. Yeah. The, the thing that keeps me up at night about the Cardinals right now, though, is. Well, there's a lot of things, um, you know, I'm very scared just in general, but, uh, <laughs> the, what if Tommy Edmond who plays like a lunatic, mm-hmm. like he steals bases, he plays almost every day. He's switching. Uh, I, I assume he'll mostly be a shortstop this year because right. of the second base competition. But what about when, and if he gets hurt, like the Cardinals have a lot of depth in the outfield. There's depth at the corners. There's we're not really depth at shortstop and catcher right now. At least I don't believe that we've been shown that. And I am worried about the, no, I won't say eventuality, but the scenario in which Tommy Edmond goes down for two months 
and we are forced into having Paul Young be our, I, I just can't, it, mm-hmm. I don't know really what I'm trying to say other than I can't believe that this is the only backup plan at a very, very critical position. Who's the, who's the new guy the Cardinals just signed? Like they did one transaction, right? Archi- uh, Archimedes forgot his last name. It's like Archimedes. Archimedes, like Gamoa. It's a great yeah. name. I love like the first name Archimedes. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean the back backup plan goes to Paul DeYoung and then quickly turns into, um, you know, may, maybe it gets deep into the season enough. Hopefully, knock on wood, we get an early call up for Mesa Win, and they say, well, at the very least. <laughs> At the very least, he's going to play good defense, you know, um, which I guess would be valuable. It would be kind of fun. Um, after that, yeah, you're looking at a whole slew of AAA, quad A players. Um, yeah, because they signed, what, Jose Fermin in the early mm-hmm. in the offseason. That's probably the kind of the guy, you know. If it's if it's a if it's Edmund getting hurt, then you're yeah you're you're in trouble because yeah. unless DeYoung has adjusted, you're you're stuck. Now, if, if you just need a backup shortstop, any of these guys will probably work. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's concerning. I don't know that I worry as much. I and mean, you mentioned catcher. I, you know, if Contreras goes down, one that's your big offseason move, and it's <laughs> he's down not that, a good luck. Kind of yeah. But yeah. you know, I you know, can you get by with Kisner and Herrera? You know, you probably have a shot at it. I, I don't know. Uh, you wouldn't want to try, but you yeah. do at least have some options there. Probably, I, I'd worry less about that than I would about Tommy Edmund going out. Yeah, yeah. I I am not ready to write off Herrera. I know a lot of people have, and he's fallen off a lot of the prospect list, which I think is just what happens um, with with a prospect list in general, and then with someone who gets called up and and doesn't really get a real shot at the majors it's inevitable that they fall off a prospect list. So I, I agree like catcher is a concern if Contreras gets hurt or is otherwise ineffective. Um, but I'm less worried about that. I, I agree with Ben. It is a little frightening. It is like the one place. Well, really including catcher, like the two places that you have the least amount of depth are the two of the most important, uh, defensive positions. Um, but yeah, I think it would be a rotating cast of like all these random dudes that were signed over the last uh, over but, the off season. But there's like a but. month of Paul DeYoung at bats before those guys come. Oh, up yeah. because that's oh, just yeah. the sure. way it go. Um, not to mention he has a salary that is not, you know, insignificant. So, well, I mean, ultimately, that's why he's still here, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like if he was a league minimum or even at a a more like you know reasonable salary he's probably gone at this point um but maybe except that the only reason i would say not and i agree the salary is a big thing but one the cardinals don't like to get rid of stuff unless they have to you know they have but they do like to hang on to things even maybe be longer than they need to and two just like i said the depth that they have they had anybody you know you know, if Mason Wynn had played at AAA last year, right? Then, then I would say, yeah, league minimum, he's gone. But you know, now all these factors in there, and you really can't let Paul DeYoung go. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, at the the very least, he's still at least he he seems to be still competent defensively. So I mm-hmm. guess you think like, well, worst case scenario, we have a big league shortstop defensively, and maybe every once in a while, if he's like truly collapsed, like he like he he does 
you say, well, maybe he'll hit a bomb every once in a while, but at least we have someone who can play the position at a major league level uh, competently. And you just hope that, you know, the rest of the team is clicking enough that it just gets buried. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I guess that'll be a part of the spring. Yeah. See how these guys do. If there's anybody at shortstop that well, sort of mm-hmm. steps up. And, and that's what I'm talking. It's like Tommy's in the WBC, like let's go team Korea. So we are going to see um, what that depth looks like and how it performs yep. in a very short <laughs> sample size um, almost immediately. So yep. here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh Another thing we're going to start to see with the start of spring is the new Cardinals broadcaster. So, Daniel, we were interested to get your take on Chip Carey and what your sort of expectations for this are. Well, my take on Chip Carey is, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, truly really what it boils down to. I mean, you know. One, I don't know how much a broadcaster makes a difference. A lot of times I'm watching a game with muted for yeah. whatever reason anyway. You know, just things are going on in the back, watching it in the background. Listening to talking about birds, of course. Yeah, we exactly. get it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, putting, <laughs> the, putting that on, on, a, on a loop, you know. Yeah. Just trying to, going into the um, backlog, yeah, right. listening to uh, our, yeah. Yeah, trying to, yeah. But, um, you know, and I, and I liked Dan. I may not look like Dan as much as everybody else did, but I do like him. I did like him. I thought he did a good job. Um, and that kind of organizational history is going to be tough to replace. But, you know, just to go, I wonder if we, if I would feel better about it if it hadn't been for this idea that a guy like Aaron Goldsmith, who was a young guy, who's, you know, kind of up and comer, maybe a little bit more modern, was in the running. And then you get Chip Carey, which is, is like, feels like a step back, even from Dan on i mean and he's 10 years older than dan he's in a different generation um you know i'm sure he'll do a fine job i don't know mm-hmm. that it'll be anything extraordinary um i, I you know we'll see it's, I, I hate to hate on him before it happens but right. i think it is telling that uh, you know you look through like seattle when they thought they were losing goldsmith and all these people on twitter are you know happy for him but hate for him to go and you look through all the people in atlanta that chip carry and they they're driving the bus to get him (laughs) so you know the people that are dealing with a more see it so i don't know i I think we'll see um how it goes i'm just i'm not all that excited about it yeah Yeah. you know the thing that's frustrating about the seattle situation is that they have two i almost said chip carry they have two announcers (laughs) that are worth their salt dave sims who's i think he's Mm -hmm. like almost 70 um, but I think he is a fantastic game caller. I think he's better than Aaron Goldsmith. Aaron Goldsmith is kind of like the the Wonderkin who is uh, you know, quickly rising, starting to get national games and everything. I did did you both listen to Chip Carey's interview um with Bernie Mickles on uh whatever channel that Bernie's on now? I don't I don't live in St. Louis, so I just find it online. But did did I, I know, if you get a chance I didn't to listen to it? No. You know, he was saying all the right things. He was uh, he was talking about his dad and his dad's dad and the St. Louis history. And like, I think something that I don't know how this really affects like Chip Carey in uh, 2023, but his granddad did announce for the Cardinals for I think it was like 30 years or something like that or, or 25 like or that. like quite a long time. So I, I get I, I don't know. What am I trying to say? 
He sounds like he understands the weight of the chair that he'll be sitting in. Like he knows how many people are watching, how, like, you know, how crazy us Cardinals fans are. And, and I, I guess I appreciate the fact that he is acknowledging that, but then he also in almost the same breath said, some people are going to like me. Some people are going to hate me. I'm just going to do my thing, which to me, I, that kind of reads as like, you're going to be who you are. I'm you're not unwilling change. to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> well, it, maybe feedback is good sometimes. Like I get feedback yeah. at my job and I'm expected to improve. Um, but I don't know when you're the, the son of a uh, or the grandson of a legend, maybe it uh, applies to you less. And I think that's, you know, we've talked a lot about the Cardinals being a bit insular and not necessarily going outside the organization. Now they kind of did with, even when they do skip Shewalker has spent some time with the Reds, Padres, whatever Joe McEwing had spent some time with the White Sox, but there's still people that have connection to St. Louis. I would like to think I may be wrong, but given the ratings, given the you know baseball craziness of this town, that the Cardinals' job is a good enough job that you don't have to sell it to just people that have a connection to St. Louis. Um, yeah, it could have been you know anybody would have been. I'm not saying anybody, but you know a lot of people would have been willing to come to St. Louis even if they didn't have that connection. And I get Cardinal fans like to have that history yeah. and that stuff. And that's, there's something good to that. I'm not dis- dissing it completely, but you know, if it was like, okay, this guy over here or, you know, Chip Carey, because he's a Cardinal, you know, legacy guy, let's put him in here. You know, I don't know that it necessarily had to be the, the deciding factor. Yeah. I, I think it's probably more so that it's the, the perception of the fan base that we would want, someone with cardinal mm-hmm. history that we would actually like value that um, i mean if you look look who the two finalists were we don't really sure. know anything beyond what you know happened in the last in that like 48 hour whirlwind right but it was aaron goldsmith or chip carey and both of them in all of the reporting everything was like Aaron Goldsmith is a St. Louis guy. Chip Gary is a a St. Louis legacy. It was his mom lives in St. Louis or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. everything was tied around St. Louis. And And who did they ask first? Jack Buck or Joe Buck and Bob Costas. Right. So I don't know if that's. It's probably just like a feedback loop, right? Where Mm -hmm. the the decision makers at the Cardinals um, know that St. Louis values that because they do it all the time and we've been like coached to value the (laughs) history of St. Louis Cardinal baseball. You know, it's like, it's a self-fulfilling loop because I do think if they had been like, Hey, this guy who's an awesome broadcaster from uh, a team in California, he's triple a, but he's awesome. You're going to love him. We probably would have had a same same reaction, like hooray, and also boo, whatever you know. And it's all that all that's ultimately going to matter is how he does in the in the job, you know. Right. And I, I I I wish like they gave Danny Mac the opportunity to kind of grow up. He well, first off, he grew up a Cardinals fan, mm-hmm. but he grew up with the team. I think he took the job over when he was like twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, he's forty eight now. He's done it for twenty five years. Yeah, so. yeah. So I, I really like the idea or I liked the idea of somebody coming in, maybe not necessarily that young, but young and who was going to dig their heels in and be here and, and announced like, for a long time. And, you know, we talked about this chip Carey. I, I cannot, I mean, 
some guys go really, really long. I don't really know what his aspirations are. Maybe he will be here for a really long time, but he is kind of set in his ways. I was, I don't know. I, I was just, yeah. I was, there, there I, are so many other options and we went with one of my least favorite. <laughs> I, I feel like they are. really should have considered like a scrappy podcast that had done like around 46 <laughs> episodes, 45 <laughs> episodes at the time they were pressing up on 50, uh, you know, and they kind of get them out from, um, you, if they get, let's just say that they uh, had a brain aneurysm or something and they gave us the job. Do you think we would live throughout the year. I think that people would hunt us down and rip us out of our <laughs> homes if we somehow got that job. Yeah. I mean, the moment I, you know, one of us starts screaming like, fuck this. Like in the <laughs> middle of the right. Yeah, we're... Coming into your home every night. Two idiots. Yeah. Yeah. It would have, Hey Ben, uh, well, what a, what a home run there from, uh, Jordan Walker. <laughs> Walker, is that a bird or a boy? I, 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 <laughs> yeah, it would have it would have been it'd be bad. Um, I'd be like, what? I wasn't watching what happened. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at my at, phone. Yeah, I'm tweeting yeah. at C70 right now, so I can't I can't pay attention to the game. Yeah, um, you'd be the play by play guy though for sure, right? I I think you'd be play by play, and I'd be color guy. I think that'd be the I think that'd be the obvious breakdown because your your baseball lineage, your your pedigree. Yeah, yeah. no more than I'm blind, and I'd would not be like, what happened? I didn't see it. So so it's Mike Shannon then. Yeah, be, yeah hey. definitely. People I'm, love. Or so, yeah. Just refer to people by their numbers because you can't pronounce any of their names anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say um, I don't know if you saw Aaron Goldsmith's like he did an interview a little while after and unfortunately made me like him even more. He said mm. that um, you know the the job would have given him more fame and more money, but in if his kid if his kids ever asked. Dad, why did we have to move uh, in the like in the middle of my school years from Seattle to St. Louis? I'd have to look at my kids and say, because your dad wanted more money and to be more famous. And that didn't sit right with me. And so I turned down the job. And I'm like, Ugh, yeah, that's yeah. great, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But then the kids like we could have had more money. <laughs> yeah, you could have been more famous, and we could have had more money. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, uh, and like totally just baseball wise, like I, I don't know how much the team's performance, the team's like trajectory affects mm -hmm. the way. But you'd have to imagine he's been there for a while. I, I think he's been there for ten years or, or longer. You'd have to imagine he's been watching this team. Seattle has been bad. Like they, they dipped for a while. Then they signed Cano. They got a little bit better, dipped again. Um, and now they finally have J-Rod. They, you know, they have a, a, a upward trajectory. They're making the playoffs. I wonder if that plays into it at all, I, if he wants to see it through. But yeah. of all the times to quit this, the Mariners, yeah. now is like the worst time. Yeah. They're, they're one of the buzziest teams. And they've got like, this should be a really good year for the Mariners. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it would... And if you're already successful, you're already locked in. Like, I totally get it. I respect the decision. Um, and who knows if he would have been good. We, I mean, he's obviously well-liked. We heard a counter-opinion written to us from a listener of this show. Like, there's an opinion on either side for right. everything. So, we've talked probably enough about Chip Carey at this point. I think well, games are going to start, and we'll know. Wait, 
but you yeah, got well, more actually, to say. I want, I, well, I wanted to, to, to add on to this and try to transition to another topic that you were talking about earlier anyway. And that is, you know, Aaron Goldsmith was working for Root Sports, right? Which is a fairly stable job. Well, yeah. And you've got <laughs> Valley Sports here, which <laughs> may or may not be. And you, you wonder, and we talked about, we've talked about this on our show too, you wonder how much that played a role as well. I mean, again, I think the, the role, the, the, the stuff that he's put out where, you know, I've kind of made Seattle my home and you don't want to move for the kids and stuff like that. I think that's most of it. But, you know, there's got to be that little bit in your back of the head. It's like, I don't know where this thing is going to be even next year. So let's just stay where I where I know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't blame him for that at all. If I went, if I started a new company and, you know, their financials come out or they have an earnings report and it's like, hey, guys, I think the company is about to dissolve because we just <laughs> basically everything that we have done is, uh, or we've just spent a whole bunch of money that we don't have. And by a whole bunch of money, I mean like $9 billion. I think I would probably start, you know, re-updating my resume and start reapplying. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't blame him for that at all. Um, there's no way that was a non-factor. I think you're, you're there, there's some, that had to be some part of it. Also, yeah. like, I, I get, like, I think I've talked about this. Like if you watch a Seattle broadcast, they do a great job. They are mm-hmm. always in the dugout. They have uh, great color commentators. Their sideline reporter is great. The Australian guy whose name isn't coming to mind right now is great. Like they do a great job. They seem like they're having fun. Um, and they have that great third baseline camera that the Cardinals finally stole in the last year uh, that does those <laughs> like, those great pans. Um, yeah. I'm flailing my arms around again. But uh, good luck. So I don't know. I get it. Uh, but, you know. I don't know. We'll see how Chip goes. Yeah. And th- he's not on social yeah. media, so we can't bully him out of the position like we uh, C- Cardinals we, fans normally we do. Nailed Jeff Albert. <laughs> God, get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, we're gonna dig in a little bit more on the belly sports stuff a little bit later. But um, Daniel, how do you feel? So between Wilson Contreras and everything else that happened in the off season, um, if you had a letter grade or grade in whatever scale you'd like to perf- well, like to use. Um, how do you feel about the Cardinal offseason overall? I, I like how you said Wilson Contreras and other things like there were other, <laughs> you know, you know. Wilking, Wilking <laughs> and a bunch of guys we couldn't even remember their name like t- 10 minutes ago. That's right. Uh, you know, again, if you look at it as what did the Cardinals have to do? They had to get a catcher. You know, they had yeah. to improve the catcher spot. They did that, and they did that in a very quality way. They didn't go out and get, you know, a third, the third or fourth best option on the market, which is kind of what we would have probably expected for the Cardinals to do a lot of times. The right? chip they carry of catchers. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, there was a lot of talk about Christian Vasquez, who, you know, fine catcher, but, you know, would that have made as much of a improvement? Probably No, probably not. So getting Contreras, you know, even though he was a Cub, he said all the right things when he came in. So yeah, we'll, we'll forgive him for all that. Um, <laughs> his, his past you can't life. pick what team, you know, yeah. you, you start with. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I think that they did that. So that part, you know, if you go by need, they, they'd get an A, but if you go by, you know, really improving the team, it's, yeah, it's hard to say that that was a real successful off season. It was enough to, the, you know, you know, you're not going to start sinking or anything like that, but it's not enough that you don't have to worry about the brewers. Um, yeah. You don't have to, I don't think the Cubs have improved enough that they're going to pay, but you have to keep an eye on the Cubs. Um, you are 
one injury, you know, the wrong injury away from having problems. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, you could have gone out and gotten a, you know, like that Rondon or, or somebody like that to, you know, shore up the front of that pitching staff. Um, I, I think there are things they could have done. I think there are things that maybe they wanted to do. You, you all talked about it where John Mosellock came out and said, yeah, we, we thought we would spend some more money and it just didn't happen. I think there were some things that maybe the market got away from maybe, I don't know who knows why, but the, the fact is they're a good team. They're still probably not, even though Zips really likes them. I don't think they're the, you know, top three team in, in the whole league. Um, and that means they're going to be playing a, you know, if they make the playoffs, they're playing that first round again. And we saw how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was looking back at, it was like MLB.com's preseason prediction run for 2022 mm-hmm. and they had like 10 or 12 um analysts all make their predictions and if you looked at the the predictions for the nl central going into 2022 i think it was like nine or ten people had predicted the brewers and the cardinals maybe two or three uh and we all know how that season ended and i feel like we're probably it's going into 2023 it is flipped with about the same Mm -hmm. odds on only now the Cardinals are like obvious favorites. I think the Brewers were the obvious favorites going into 2022, but it only took a couple injuries for the Brewers and some ineffectiveness from a couple players. And they were out of it by uh, September, you know, and obviously it took the Cardinals having uh, two of the three MVPs, or uh, two of the three in the top three MVP, you know what I'm trying to say. And then also the most insane Albert Pujols resurgence that no one saw. Like we had a lot of things break really well for the Cardinals, but it wasn't like all of those breaks for the Cardinals were all still also within realms of possibility that people expected other than the Pujols thing. But like, you know, Goldie MVP caliber, Arenado MVP caliber, we all saw that as a as a possibility going into the season so i say all that to say like cardinals obvious favorites but it's not going to take much uh for them to not be the favorites anymore and i think we all know that starts at the rotation but as we discussed earlier in the episode like i we're also a middle infield injury away from uh a couple problems starting to compound as well so it is (sighs) I, I'm try, I've been sitting here trying to like think of how to how to phrase how I'm feeling right now, and the, the I'm gonna take a whack at it. You guys can tell me how stupid I am, but the Cardinals' production, or where it's coming from, and how it's coming in 2023 to me is this amorphous blob that I can't really grab my fingers on because there's no way you can reasonably expect the production from Arenado and Goldschmidt and obviously Pujols because he no longer exists. Um, he's oh. been ir- <laughs> and a, He's actually uh, now happily married uh, to, to like the princess of the Dominican Republic I, or something. His, his fan graphs page isn't updating. So I'm pretty sure he's gone. Um, he's just wiped off the face of the earth. I don't, I don't know, but like DH is such a big question mark. Second base, I think, is a question mark. Like, I think people feel really confident about Brendan Donovan coming out of nowhere and putting up a ton of war and walking all the time. Like, to me, that does not feel guaranteed. The outfield performance does not feel guaranteed. There's a lot of reasons to expect 
good things out of the team, but I just, it's like real, like to, <laughs> to put any money on it or to really believe it is really hard for me, especially with the, um, wiggliness of the starting rotation. Um, yeah. Being well, it's what happens. Yeah. It's what happens when you have a team full of projected around two to three war at every position. It's like, yeah, that's awesome if that's how it goes. But if two war is roughly league average, uh, you don't have to underperform that much to for the team to suddenly be under average at the majority of positions. And then it starts to, you know, collapse from there. So um, yeah. I think maybe going to what Ben's saying there, it's like, OK, if you were telling me the Cardinals are going to hit 200 home runs as a team this year or whatever the case may be there are like eight different ways they could get to that number, right? Yeah. You know, you know, Tyler O'Neill could have a great year or he could have an off year and Dylan Carlson has a great year or Lars Dubdar is apparently the savior of everything. <laughs> um, you know, Wilson Contreras could somehow, you know, it's 20 that way. Or, you know, there's just so many different ways because there are so many variables. It's, it's the low floor, iffy ceiling type of thing. We know where they're probably going to be. We just don't know exactly how they're going to get there. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, is kind of fun as a fan base, right? Like, I think we like pretty much every player that's on the team. There's no one that you're like, ah, get this guy out of here. You know, like, oh, like, that's the person that we need to replace. But also, it's like, all of these guys could just be <laughs> league average. And the team it just scuttles to 84 wins. And we say, hooray, another winning season. And then, you know, maybe 84 is enough to win the central, but uh, you're probably not competing very heavily against the the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, the Padres, the Dodgers. Although it is satisfying that at least the Cardinals are almost across the board projected to do better than the Dodgers, which feels insane. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll take the projection. And like, are the Phillies really going to be able to do what they did last year again? I know they made better. They're better. I know. I know they made. Yeah. But are they? They, Well, they were. I mean, we had a lot of fun laughing at the Phillies last year until they, you know, laughed their waltz um, into the world. Yeah. 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 Um, I I mean, unfortunately, I think the Phillies had a really good offseason and they, they, but I don't know. I mean, they're they're not going to have Bryce Harper for half the season and uh, yeah. Kyle Schwarber. Like, who knows if he can do that again? And there's they have a ton of question marks too. But uh, I would have loved a Trey Turner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's a good get for them. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking about this uh, while I was, you know, just twiddling my thumbs and skipping through the lawn the other day. Um, <laughs> I'm comping in my brain. No, no, no. We can't just walk right past that. What did you just say? (laughs) Nothing. I'm comping in my brain. I I, I had this click in, um, and I'm curious to hear what your all thoughts are on this, that Kyle Schwarber and Nolan Gorman are, are on the same trajectory. I think that, I think Gorman, I, I, I don't know exactly where I saw Gorman projecting or where he was kind of, uh, what player he was going to be taking after. And then I, I had this click in. Um, I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> that uh, that Gorman is going to be Schwarber. What what are you? What say you? I guess. <laughs> what a setup. Um, I'm losing. Well, it. the other day as I was rowboating down a canal, <laughs> I was thinking about this too. Yeah. And um, 
That's an interesting comp. I mean, I think we'd be pretty happy with that outcome, right? Uh, overall, if we could get uh, a Schwarber on the team. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I need to think about that more. Yeah, but well. if you're say, if you're saying, uh, you know, Gorman will have a 40 plus home run season, uh, you know, I'll definitely take that. I, I guess the the like super biased, all our prospects turn out elite side of me is like, oh, come on. He can have a better batting average than that. No, I don't think know? so. He could be a better defensive player than that. Um, I don't but think so. I, I think we'd be pretty happy if he's Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Well, you know, as, as I go rolling down my hill thinking about this, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not, I mean, I do, I pull up Schwarber from um, baseball reference here and he's, you know, for, for baseball reference war, he was a 2.2, which of course, right. What we're talking about, everybody's at the two range, you know? So he wasn't, yeah. um, even with 40 something home runs, maybe not as valuable, but, um, I can see that. I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, and you're right. It's it's like Kyle's poll this week. I'm sure y'all saw that about <laughs> Jordan Walker, right? You know, it, it's the expectation that you have. If you have a guy that can play for, well, I mean, what Schwarber has been in the league since 2015. Yeah. So, you know, right now that, that in itself is a successful major leaguer. So if Gorman can play for seven or eight seasons um, and put up, two or three war each year. That's, that's pretty incredible as well. So um, yeah, I think you take that if you can, if you, and I think it's reasonable to think that he could do that. Yeah. People's yeah. expectations for these kids are, are just unbelievable. Yeah, I think I saw it, one, like I, this might've been from Kyle too, saying if he, if Jordan Walker becomes JD Martinez, would you be, or, or uh, sorry, uh, JD Drew, would you be disappointed? It's like, as he, he was one of the best hitters for a very long time. He was not yeah. a Hall of Fame player. Like, if your expectations for Jordan Walker is that he is going to the Hall of Fame, you need to calm down. Like, that, yeah. That, I think the wild. poll framed it as, like, would you be disappointed yeah, if he was, yeah. uh, if he, if he matched, if he had a career similar, similar to JD Drew. Right. And, uh, there was a lot of response of, you know, random people on Twitter, which is really the most valuable <laughs> polling audience that there is uh, people saying that they would be disappointed that it does not match the hype. Yeah. And yeah, there's this huge disconnect between what people expect because uh, yeah, sign me up. I think if Jordan Walker could have JD Drew's career, uh, we would be super happy. I do think it's a little like JD Drew specifically with the St. Louis Cardinals has like a weird reputation. So I think there's like a gut reaction on that one. Um, so people, you know, it's a little bit different if you had yeah. used someone with a, a different career total that wasn't specifically JD drew. I think people might've been, um, a little bit more receptive to like answering correctly on that poll, sure. but, uh, you know, but it was pretty shocking. I think I saw someone else, it, it might've been Kyle again saying like, all right, let's use Matt Holiday instead. Mm -hmm. Like, would you be upset? And JD Drew and Matt Holiday have very similar overall career numbers. And everyone's like, oh no, I'd be super happy <laughs> if it was Matt Holiday. It's like, yeah, okay, you just don't like JD Drew. Right. Uh, you know, which, whatever, that was like 20 years ago. So I'm not going to relitigate that. But yeah. it did get us the, I mean, JD Drew is why we have Matt Ho or um, Adam Wainwright. So. Uh, I think we should have some respect for, oh. for JD drew too. So, um, 
So uh, to get us back on track a little bit, Daniel, I know uh, you were trying to rate the Cardinals offseason and everything like that. We're happy with Wilson Contreras. Is there anything that you think either the Cardinals should still do like right now before spring training or any deal that you really wish, you know, if you maybe it was Rondon um, that you wish would have happened or you think the Cardinals needed to shore up before we get into spring training? Yeah, I mean, I think just because of the strikeout rates and everything, I would have liked to see Ronald, especially because he didn't go for a contract that seemed insane. Yeah, it seemed pretty reasonable, right? I mean, in the Cardinals' wheelhouse. Um, but I, you know, I get it that you know they've already got five starters. Um, they've already got you know we Jason Hill and I went this last week went through the roster and tried to figure out who's going to you know who you're going to kick out of the bullpen. Because of roster, not necessarily because of, you know, of options and things of that nature, you know, there's already a lot of arms out there. Now, can you get better? Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do with the other side of that? I don't know. You know, it'd be nice to sign Rondon and trade off somebody, you know, but then again, other, you know, other than that, I don't know that there's anything out there right now that I would just say they have to do. Yeah. You know, the Cardinals have this weird it's not really a problem because it, 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 they have a lot of quality players like what we're talking about, but I a hundred percent agree. Like the outfield is crowded. Second base is crowded. DH is crowded. The starting rotation reliever mix, the, I don't know, the guys that are kind of on the edge, like the Dakota Hudson, Mats for Hagen. Uh, I, I guess even Hicks is probably part of that conversation. Palante, like, it is. Where do you pull from? And if you do make a trade, are you going to have a Randy Rosarena situation where everybody's, <laughs> you know, making fun of the Cardinals for <laughs> trading away Babe Ruth during the playoffs? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird. I mean, they, they need to do player evaluation and make a decision is, is really what needs to happen. They I, I, I'm kind of of the opinion they can only sit on their hands for so long. Um, I mean, you know, they have the most information. They, they should make a choice. Yeah, I, I think part of the starting pitcher, um, you know, discussion or consideration was like, all right, let's say we do sign Rodon. It's like, okay, so now we have to go and move Steven Matz out of the mm-hmm. rotation. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Steven Matz was like our <laughs> signing last year and everyone was really hyped on him and he looked good when he was healthy. So we actually want Steven Matz in our rotation. Okay, well then let's move wainwright out of the rotation <laughs> like there's not really I, you no. could do some sort of six man thing and say like flaherty needs some time to develop but there's no one you actually don't want in the rotation so signing rodon would have meant having to also move one of those guys somewhere or saying we're gonna we're just gonna bite the bullet and put mats in the bullpen and say buddy you'll be back up when inevitably one of these guys get hurt and the Cardinals are, as we know, a conservative uh, organization when it comes to all of that. And so they're just like, we'd rather roll the dice. We think Libertor is still mm-hmm. an option. You know, Dakota looked good in the, the like one or two starts at the end of the season last year. You know, they're like, why spend $27 million here when we've got $2 million right here in this guy? You know, and we don't like that, but... It's consistent with the model and <laughs> the model. Uh, I know it drives us crazy, but it is, it is what they do. Um, 
So ultimately, Daniel, you're saying F plus on the season on the off season. I don't know that I'd go that. <laughs> I think I would. I would say it's a it's a B or a C. Just yeah. like, like I said. I mean, if you go out and sign the best at a at a position, which is what they did, um, yeah. I mean that that's good to give you something. Yeah, I think when Ben and I gave a letter, I said B minus. Ben said C. So I think we're all in sort of this yeah, same yeah. same like it's fine. You did well. It's it's, it's what we yeah. all got in high school. You know, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, so we've. I feel like we could just do this for like four more hours, but we do need to move on. Um, we want to talk a little bit more about Bali sports and some things that have happened around the league. Um, but before we do that, um, I want to give Daniel a chance to uh, tell us a little bit about his shows and where anyone who might be listening to this um you know might be able to kick us off their uh subscription list and uh subscribe to his podcast and said daniel why don't you tell us a little bit about your shows i mean there's no there's a there's no limit to the number of podcasts you can <laughs> listen to now you can move mine above theirs that's there fine, you, but, yeah. you know no need to kick them off uh, I feel like if you're listening to this, you probably know all this junk anyway. But if, in case you don't, um, the podcasts, Meet Me at Mutual, you'll find that. And uh, Gateway to Baseball Heaven, do Meet Me at Mutual with Alan Medlock, usually. Sometimes. Although he does, yeah, he does uh, high school baseball this time of year. So we've been rotating in the, the guest host. In fact, I've got Kyle coming up on the next one. So that should be something. Um, and then, um, gateway to baseball heaven I do with Tara where we haven't done it quite as much. We'll do it a little bit more as the season gets going. Uh, both those you can find anywhere you're, you're fine. You're listening to this. You can find those there as well. Most likely, uh, you can find me on Twitter at C70, which is at the links. You can find the blog, which I haven't actually written this year, um, at, uh, cardsconclave.com. And I think that's everything it should be. Uh, I mean, I got a sub stack, but I don't use it as much either. So you know there you go is that enough yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) no just plug a few more things would you please (laughs) surely there's something else you could plug um yeah check out daniel's stuff um it's all it's all fantastic so and we've had tara on the show and she was great Um, that was awesome yeah uh we've had kyle on the show which you know very Kyle different Kyle. energy, those two. Yeah. <laughs> very, very different. Um, well, if you are enjoying the show and you're preparing for the upcoming season, consider joining our Patreon. Support the show. Um, you know, we've we're now at 50 episodes. We've been doing this every week for almost a full year. We'll see if we make it two more weeks to complete <laughs> the year. Uh, but we got a lot of cool stuff coming up in the upcoming season. We're really excited and we would appreciate your support. Uh, you can find it at patreon.com slash talking about birds subscribers at any level, get into our discord server. It's called the bird scored. We're having a great time in there. It's always a great place to, uh, to chat about Cardinals or whatever. Um, we're, we would love to have you there. Uh, also consider, um, leaving us a review. Someone, out there left us another one but they didn't write anything but they they went in there they took the like two minutes hell yeah to to uh smash those five stars (laughs) and i'll tell you what we appreciate you wherever you are (laughs) we see you yeah 
We see you, King. I mean, we don't we really see, see them, but yeah. Thanks. I'm going to find them. I'm going to find who it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so thank you, whoever you are. And for anyone else who will who will take the time to do that, we truly appreciate it. Um, ben, how about our online social meds? Where can people find us? <laughs> Man, you are on fire tonight, my friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. You can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, two different handles for do, two different socials because we're professionals. <laughs> we're good at, we're good at two different people. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, see, it was planned. Um, yep. And as always, you can email us questions, thoughts, musings, complaints to talk about birds at gmail.com. Um, we're also on Spotify and yeah, hit, hit up the Patreon, hop in the bird scored. Um, and I'm just going to pre-plug our, uh, our WBC uh, content. We are, we are revving up. For the WBC, I, I'm going to fully switch into Team USA mode, um, and, and we're going to be covering that actively. So if that interests you or someone you know, tell them, I guess, that we're doing that. <laughs> Nailed yeah, it. We're so, we're so good at this. So, <laughs> the, uh, so the other day, I was doing cartwheels in a gymnasium, and I started thinking about... Oh, by the uh, way, by the way, I actually, I, so I, I couldn't remember the activity that I was doing. I remembered what it was. I was taking down Christmas lights. Fair. Um, Let me check the calendar real quick. I know. You got to it in February. Is that That's a new record for you, though. I think last year, you just let them go all the way, all the way around, right? They were valentine's day lights and then they were hey, easter lights santa we have a big santa claus like a, a six foot tall santa figurine i mean he's just a cool guy you he's know, a cool he's dude wearing cardinals red you know i'm just celebrate celebrating uh life um but it's been snowy here bro yeah molly and i were talking about the other day that like santa claus is also kind of like an eldritch horror you know because <laughs> He's all seeing and all knowing and yeah. can travel, uh, yeah. you know, great distances. Um, yeah. And well, it, it's, you're, you seem to be doing Christmas wrong. Yeah. Usually for Santa will find you. I think <laughs> it's, it's the tentacles that really make me uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. with Santa Claus. Well, he does feed on our sacrifice. We, we lay out, you know, butter and, and sugar and chocolate chips. So, mm-hmm. It's the only way to appease him. Okay. To be fair, I just got my Christmas lights down at the end of January. <laughs> Thank so. you. But but I, I don't know if y'all seen mine are a bit over the top. Oh, so it, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, I forgot you about yeah, you I've seen yeah. it on the internet. You go well, yeah, yeah. I had a few strands, yeah. I, I will say that. So I you've been you've... working on it since the end of Christmas. It just I took you close. until February to get them down. <laughs> Felt like it for sure. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, I was doing backstrokes down the Mississippi <laughs> river the other day and I heard a, uh, a news story about, um, the death of Bally sports. And so we yeah. talked about it a little bit, but I actually haven't, I haven't read too much about this. I know Ben, you, you're a little closer to the situation. Um, I, I wanted to get your take on it and where, where you see this maybe going. Yeah, I mean, closer to it is I, I like like I am not a, a finance person or a business person, um, so like closer to it in the sense that maybe I've just read about it a little bit more um, and, and trying to wrap my mind around it because like we talk, it's kind of like the Chip Carey conversation. It's like these are the kinds of things that affects people like us, like fans, um, like super super directly. Um, but essentially, if you have not been paying attention to it, I'm going to try to summate this 
as well as my idiot brain can do. Um, essentially what happened was that uh, a large sale of the regional sport ne- sports networks happened. Um, that was before the pandemic. It was billions and billions of dollars. Um, Sinclair spent, it was $9.6 billion uh, to Disney. They did not have that money. That was loaned out through some financial wizardry from business people that honestly, the more I read about it, the more I'm like, should this even be legal? How, how <laughs> are they allowed to essentially leverage debt to buy something um, without being able to prove that they can pay for it? So anyways, they did that. Uh, they bought this. The pandemic happened. Um, that kind of screwed everyone over. There was obviously fewer games, so there was less revenue. And that the pandemic kind of accelerated the cord cutting. People are moving away from these regional sports networks. They're defaulting on the 9.6 billion or 10.6 billion or whatever it was. I think after tax, it was, it was closer to 10 and a half. Um, so essentially they, uh, spent a bunch of money that they didn't have when they could have paid off debt. They did stock buybacks instead of paying off debt. And now their revenues are down which are putting them in a position where they are already filing bankruptcy and we don't, their financial future is unclear, meaning that the Cardinals broadcasting, I think there's 19 or 20 other teams that broad like WGN is safe root sports, which is like the Rockies in Seattle. Yes. Is safe. Uh, so, you know, some of the independent ones are larger, uh, larger regional ones are safe. But all this means, and again, if you can explain this better, please hit me up on Twitter because I'm sure I'm screwing some of this up, um, means that the Cardinals, or sorry, to turn it back onto the Cardinals, a huge portion of their revenue comes directly from this. And it means that they're very likely not going to get that payment either this year or next year. And I wonder, I think we all wonder how that's going to affect payroll, how that's going to affect the sport. And there's kind of two sides of this. There's one side of it that is, regional cable is annoying for the consumer in that you have to have a cable package that is you're not paying for the cable pack or the uh, the channel right you're paying for the sports network which is i don't know let's just say 10% of your $70 but you're also paying for like Disney Kids or ABC Family or uh CNN like all these other channels that you may or may not care about and this essentially this model is dying which should accelerate MLB TV moving blackouts. Although, I mean, we all know people who are not technology for, I like, I know people who couldn't get MLB TV working right now if they, I paid them to do it. So curious to see what that does for the long-term health of the sport. Accessibility is key. Is the internet the way to do that? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. That's where we find ourselves now. Mm-hmm. And there's a, apparently a real possibility besides all the financial element and how it impacts the St. Louis Cardinals, which we obviously care about um, a financially conservative team taking a massive hit to the books seems bad for a, a team that we wish would spend more, but also from my understanding, there's a legit though low, there's a legit possibility that the Cardinals TV could not like the, the Cardinals games could not be broadcast on TV this year. Uh, and that seems insane. <laughs> it seems like a like knockout punch to a sport um, that you know is <clears throat> perceives itself to be struggling. I would you know we've talked a lot about like 
the rule changes and all that stuff to make the sport faster and whatever and compete with the the national um with like football and whatnot and we've been saying for a while like i don't think that's the biggest problem that the sport faces the biggest problem that the sport faces is is accessibility and this is not going to help that although it may be a rocky road towards a bigger picture solve which is the the hopefully MLB being able to drop the blackout restrictions mm-hmm. and just say hey just pay whatever 250 bucks like they can increase the price whatever to our subscription service and there you go you get everything you want um but seems like it's probably not the path to that solution <laughs> that anybody uh was hoping for and also sidebar stock buybacks are bullshit and there if, if there's any like legislation that needs to come from all of this it's like that sort of stuff but i i, I don't want to get too much on my uh <laughs> on my high horse here daniel what are you thinking well i don't i don't know i hadn't necessarily heard anything about them not showing games this year excuse me <clears throat> but i think the biggest thing is i don't i don't see this changing anything for this season mainly because Bally Sports has all the infrastructure, right? I mean, the yeah. Cardinals, even if they could take the rights back, which is still seems to be kind of a possibility at some point in time, but even if they could, they don't have the way to get the games out there. So I think everybody kind of plays nice for a while and, and right. this year. Um, but I do, I mean, there are more talk about getting rid of blackouts than I've ever seen from people that are in baseball, right? I mean, and you got a bigger baseball would really like to have that option to just have people subscribe to their stuff and cut out some of the middleman. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this, how this goes. Yeah. The Cardinals get a whole lot of money. The Cardinals own part of, I think they did when it was Fox sports. I think it continued over into Bally Sinclair. I'm not hundred percent sure. It- um, yeah, the partnership is opaque at best, but there's definitely some, there's some, you know, finances yeah. and, and things going back and forth there. It's yeah, going mean, to like, like Bally, Bally hired Chip Carey, but the Cardinals had a say. Right. So that kind of stuff. Right. It's going to take something like this though, for that, that bandaid to be ripped mm-hmm. off though, because it's really hard for any individual team to be the one who makes the choice to, uh, turn down literally billions of dollars from the cable networks in order to prioritize something that's more accessible because it's those contracts with the cable networks that result in MLB TV's blackout rules. Right. And so obviously the teams would love to have subscribers to them directly as well as some sort of TV package. But part of the multi-billion dollar packages that these TV corporations give to teams is to say, but you can't offer this product in any other way. Right. And that's where the blackouts come from. So like you're looking at a piece, you're, you're running a, a company and it's like, well, I can either take the $2 billion from Bally sports, or I can take less for them for a nebulous offer to go into the MLB streaming platform. You can understand why they would prefer to just take the fat lump sum from a cable network, especially because that's how it's always been done. Not recognizing that like, yes, that is, that is taking short-term gain for long-term costs because people like myself, I haven't paid for cable TV in over a decade. And I have been very happily paying for a DNS 
routing system that allows me to pay MLB TV and get the Cardinal games um, and basically pirating. Um, and I will happily do that. But also, I will happily pay whatever MLB TV, like whatever the upcharge is once they just get rid of blackouts. I don't like paying for you know, this sub system that allows me to get around their rules. Um, but I'm not going to pay for a cable package. So yeah. there's, and there's, there's dozens of us, Ben, there's dozens <laughs> of us that would be willing to pay for this. I, I think so. And I think like what you're talking, like Sinclair made this purchase pre pandemic in a different world where it seemed to be going towards, okay, everybody's streaming everything, Netflix, um, or just or just doing it on demand or whatever. The only thing that people are still watching TV for is for live sports, which is why those were negotiated so high. And I think the Cardinals deal was somewhere around the $20 billion over 20 year range or something like that. Pandemic happens. The whole thing gets turned on its head. The economy is in the place that it's at. And, and you know, we, we find ourselves where we find ourselves. I think the Cardinals are uniquely positioned to pull a Yes Network WGN type deal with the size of their viewing audience. And I think the, the DeWitt's sizable holdings, like the DeWitt's aren't the most wealthy owners in baseball, but they are savvy. They're always looking to expand their portfolio. I would not be surprised if we learned in the next, I don't know, two years or something that they're in partnership with the St. Louis blues and uh, the, what is it? SC city city soccer. Yeah. So- yeah. I know stuff. Um, and the <laughs> battle Hawks or whatever, and they are making a regional cable network that is, uh, you know, just, just ran by the DeWitts or, or some kind of conglomeration of wealthy St. Louis and Missourian yeah. type, type and with your month, with your monthly subscription, you get a, a beef and cheddar from Arby's. That's a deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, would you, right there. would you pay 20 bucks a month to subscribe to Cardinals TV on a cable box or if you could get it, you know, on the cable box or the, uh, In a on the internet? Yeah. So like, well, yeah, they, I mean, that's what Sinclair was trying to do, right? They're, they've been trying to get a streaming service so that you could watch Cardinal stuff in-house or in-market. Um, they've done that with a few. I think they've done it with a couple of the hockey teams and stuff like that now. Maybe the Blues. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and they've been talking about this for a year or so. And I don't know how they were going to get around all the, the legal loopholes. And I'm not sure that they figured it out themselves. But, you know, yeah, they were going to charge about 20 bucks. You're right. If you could do that. And there's been some talk about the Cardinals and Blues beforehand mm-hmm. creating a network. Um, when you add in the other stuff and then you get into, you know, letting their arm of the, you know, creating a marketing arm to some degree, making documentaries, things of that nature. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Um, I, I'm going to be very interested. I think. I think how we watch the Cardinals now or this year and what, how they do it in f- three years, five years, especially it's going to be significantly different. Yeah. yeah. So it might be Rocky for a little and, while, and, but um, death to Bally sports. Oh, like, and I'll that? point this out as well. You know, the Royals are also Bally sports. Um, yeah. So, so maybe, and I don't know exactly how they divide those lines, but there are many wealthy, the new Royals owner is like, super duper wealthy. Um, there are many wealthy people who have a motivation to sell you a product, uh, that isn't that hard. Like it's done. Like we have, you know, you're talking about infrastructure, like I stream games legally <laughs> without all these things <laughs> every day, uh, during the season, like they, they can make it happen. 
Um, You're right, Ben. It's a we huge just question. Gotta wait. We just got to rely on these billionaires. They'll save us all. We we got it. They'll figure it out for that's us. That's where There's we're no... at. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's where we're at. Yeah, I know. Maybe I know. maybe Bezos will, uh, you know, that's, maybe he's that's a, a baseball need. fan. <laughs> that's who we need. He's that. He's I knew you'd like we, that. We got to get Bezos in the house. Yeah. Get his slimy reptile fingers into the, <laughs> into the process here. I knew you would like me bringing him up. <laughs> <laughs> our hero uh, uh okay yeah future president jeff bezos um all right uh wow well i hope it gets solved and that i could just pay a a, a a normal fee and just get it straight on straight in, input into my brain uh cardinals in vr that's what i'm looking for the new P- playstation vr is coming out in a little bit um let me get some front row seats via vr that's the future I do think they should have a thing like a, a VR headset and there should be like a VR camera that's just behind home plate or something like that. I would pay so much money to have like a VR seat um, I, at the game. I kind of was saying it jokingly, but I actually do believe that there there will be uh, that will be a, a reality in the future. Not anything around like next couple of years, but um, I do think that virtual attendance to live sports is going to be a uh is going to be a thing. Be so and cool. I think it could be cool as long as the headsets and whatnot are 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 good quality. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we'll <laughs> see where it goes. Um, we want to run through some of the uh, some of the happenings over the league over the past uh, week. Ben, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, we'll uh, start off uh, more MLB the show talk. I was kind of, we were kind of making fun of the Jazz Chisholm. Um, uh, selection, not even making fun, just more confused by it, um, bewildered by it, but whatever. Good for Chaz. The MLB, the show, I think they kind of felt the tepid response to that. And then they almost immediately announced that there is, they're adding Negro league storylines to MLB, the show, which is kind of taking me from like, not super interested in giving them $60 to shut up and take my money. Um, it ha- not everything has been announced yet, but essentially there's like some type of road to the show storyline where you can play in the Negro leagues. You can be specific players. I know it's not the entire Negro leagues that are being, uh, brought into the game. Um, but like you can pitch as satchel page in a video game, which is for somebody who has been playing baseball video games for 20 years. I could not be more excited about this development. Yeah, it's cool. I think it's super cool. I love to see the, um, the integration of the Negro leagues into the broader, uh, like culture around baseball, including video games. Daniel, are you much of a, a gamer? Do you ever play video games? Well, I mean, I started on the Atari, um, mm-hmm. if y'all, mm-hmm. and, and then I probably stopped on the Atari. Um, <laughs> Did they have a yeah, baseball not, game? No. Yeah, it had yeah. A, one of those, uh, you know, little square, little pixel things that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, ran around. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of games, but nothing, nothing recent, and I don't get around to playing them. So, yeah, yeah, I would like to. Yeah. I mean, I look at the show and I'm like, wow, this it looks so great and it's cool, and I could buy it and it would sit and I would never actually get around to it. So, yeah, um, I have liked the show for quite a while. I bounced pretty hard off of last year's version. Um, I will say, if you have Game Pass, which is for all the Microsoft systems and 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 uh, computer and whatnot the show is free on it. So it gives you a chance to sort of check it out. Um, and game pass is very cheap, but, uh, 
I kind of bounced off of it last year. They they really added a ton of the like modern gamification stuff of a game, you know, where you're doing like microtransactions in your baseball video game, which kind of drove me crazy. But the uh, Hall of or the uh, the Negro League integrations of is really cool. And besides, like from a gameplay side, just putting those players more of a, on a spotlight, getting it in front of an audience that. You know, I think there's a whole subset of people who like play sports games who don't necessarily actually engage with the sport as much. Um, so it's cool to get uh, like, yeah, Satchel Page and and uh, whoever. I don't I haven't seen the list yet of who they're including. I know it's not a huge list, um, but getting those people in front of uh, another set of baseball fans, I think is fantastic. So uh, it's cool. Yeah, um, agreed, Nathan. Uh, another, wow. in, in other baseball news, the Angelos brothers have decided to settle their lawsuit, uh, which means that, well, I guess we don't really know what it means. It means that the Orioles are definitely still a baseball team. They are Good. likely going to be sticking in Baltimore. There are kind of rumors about them getting moved out of it. Um, the other, like the, the, the other kind of like hair or uh, hair in their feather i don't know what the hell i was about to say the, the other kind of issue there is that they did not re-up their lease with uh their ballpark their team makes no sense i am wondering if they re- were restricted from spending money due to the lawsuit or if they just had decided that um but anyways doesn't matter the billionaire whiny babies who screamed at reporters <laughs> two or three weeks ago i have finally settled their you know, internal dispute over billions of dollars in the ownership of the team. So good for Orioles fans, um, I guess bad for humanity, but hopefully the Orioles can kind of move forward. And I don't know, Baltimore deserves a good team in, in my opinion. Well, and, and they have, they are, they are, you know, a younger, exciting team right now. They have some guys that look like potentially generational players mostly adley but they've got a they've got a good crew of young guys that are coming up um so hopefully they can be supported by an ownership group that uh, actually cares about having a good um, product on the field because you know it's hard to compete in the al east but they are finally it feels like some things are coming together for them a little bit unlike you know what was it like 2013 or something when they Went to the playoffs last, so almost 10 years. J.D. Hardy was in the mix. Yeah. Uh, Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters. Still yeah. relevant. Still relevant. Um, And yeah, I think uh, I, I was also planning on complaining about how many good free agents there are still available, but I think we've gone a little long, so I can, I'm going to skip uh, my <laughs> little complaint session. Well, they must not know that we have a dumb game riding on the uh, on the remaining uh, free agents. So we really need at least what is it? Profar, Profar, Waka, Waka Elvis Andrews, and Danny Duffy, and many need, other good. Like, there's a yeah. ton of good free agents still available right now. This happened a few years ago too, where these guys that are like um, like mid range value, and it just seems like the league collectively decides to fill these spots internally instead of signing a bunch of guys that will give you probably not excess value, but at least like fill a, a need on your team. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's well, it's weird. I, I, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna whine about a couple of names really quick. Gary Sanchez. How is Gary Sanchez not signed by some team? Tyler Naquin makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams. Michael Fulmer makes a lot of sense. Dylan Bundy, Andrew Chafin should be in a Cardinals uniform tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. What, what happened to Luke Voigt? He still hits the ball really hard. Yeah, but would you pay Luke Voigt, you know, that probably 10 million he wants? He put up 0.2 war last year and 0.3 the year before and 1.5 the year before that. You like flip him for the deadline to a team that needs a DH first baseman. For what? He's not done shit for three years. He's he, been below it. He he's hits, been basically look he's beyond, been a replacement. Look beyond the numbers, Nate. He still hits the ball very hard, still barrels it up fairly often. So yeah. you know, if you if you can weed through that for half a second, you'll you would learn that. <laughs> yeah, that 102 WRC plus last year. Like why would you pay for a league average guy? You know, when there's you probably can spend no money and have roughly that from some dude from your farm system. I'm not saying it's the right choice, but that's the sort of, you know, economics that a lot of these guys um, suffer from and and how these teams look at it. Okay. (laughs) Don't you okay me? (laughs) Archie Bradley. Yeah, that one is actually surprising. I thought he'd have a, like, bullpen guys, it's like, Everyone just take a shot. It's all a crapshoot anyway. Like you'd you'd think something like that would he'd he'd be picked up faster than like a Luke Voigt. But here we are. Daniel's like, stop yelling. It's getting late. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> I want to play my Atari baseball game. <laughs> Gotta play Pong against myself. One controller in the left hand, one yeah, controller yeah. in the right hand. I'm uh, not that coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm done with league news. All right. Um, well, if you listen to our episode back in September, the last time we had Daniel on, he uh, he flipped the script on us a little bit and had Ben and I compete against each other in a game. And uh, we're going to do it again. I think he over prepared wildly for the last episode. And we've got some of that left over for this one. If I, yeah, if I, uh, understand correctly so daniel please um go ahead and walk us through what you're about to subject us to all right the game is somehow i manage (laughs) and um last time we did six questions uh they're all all about the cardinals managing history um we did six questions uh nate's got three of them correct uh and by correct i mean Two of them, at least, he picked a number and Ben said, wow, he's too high. I'm going to go for one. And he wasn't too high. Price is um, right. Rules, baby. It's still playing right. the game. <laughs> that's right. But uh, Ben did get a, a point on the on the last one we did, getting Joe Torrey as a name that a person that never won, um, that did not finish first as a Cardinal manager. So I still have 12 questions. I figure we're running long, so we'll do about three of them. Uh, ben, since you were one soundly beaten and two got the last Boom. last one right yes. on the board, we'll, we'll let you go first. You have tw- number anywhere between one and twelve. Um, that's how many questions I have left. So pick a number and we'll go from there. Okay, um, let's do uh, number ten. Number ten. All right. 
Everyone knows that Branch Rickey was, as the architect of the minor leagues, the man instrumental to bringing Jackie Robinson to the majors, etc. All these accolades are from his GM days, but he also managed the Cardinals. How many games did he win as a manager? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, did you know there's a statue of Branch Rickey in front of Coors Field? Um, I did not. I did not know it, that. It's just like in honor of his contribution to baseball in general. Um, wow. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they, they say, meet, meet me at the stat. They, nobody knows who it is. Nobody says meet me unusual. They say, just meet me at the statue. Cause nobody knows who meet me at branch. Meet Ricky me is. at Ricky. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Man. Uh, good question. Not even a, uh, I can't even like, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to, you said win, right? How many did he win? Yeah. How many win did he win? I know he was managing for quite a while. I just don't know how long. Oh, uh, okay. I'm just going to say um, 2,200 games. He won 2,200 games. Won 2,200 games. All Damn right. it, you're Mate. laughing. I, I think you're <laughs> way high, Ben. Um, I thought he... Ma- well, well, I won't say anything. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I thought I he managed forever. No, I don't think he managed forever. It was like... I want to say it was like seven or eight years that he was the Cardinal manager. Oh, wait. Because <laughs> he did a lot of different things. I'm now realizing so, what 2,200 wins. That puts him in like... Yeah. yeah well, anyways, all right. I'm yeah. shock of all shocks. Like, I'm still bad at this game. I think you're very high. Yeah. Um, so I could do $1, Bob, but I'm going to try to make... <laughs> a le- I think I'm going to try to make a legit guess here. Early, I'm still probably gonna. I'm gonna aim low. I'm gonna say 500 wins. You should have done a dollar. Uh, uh, 458. Oh, oh my god, I was so close. <laughs> Over seven years, you are correct. Seven oh, years. Oh. I had so much of that accurate, and I'm still wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 2200 to be like 800 more than Larusa had in. Uh, his time inside. Yeah. So I mean, I had it in my head that he managed like 25 years. Um, but yeah, I mean, you never know with that from that, that time period, you know, like you, it feels like all those guys, like every number is inflated from yeah, that time right. period. You know, it's like, Oh yeah. 40 complete games and 2000 <laughs> wins. Yeah. Well, True. anyways, he also did not win. You also might have to remember they were not good when he was yeah, there. Right. one at a 400. Let's see. His winning percentage was 400. And 86. So he was not a 500 Man. manager. I can't believe so. I was 42 wins off. Um, I like how deep that question was too, because I, was, I thought it was like, all right, Branch Rickey, Cardinal manager. All right, he might ask like how many years he was a manager or what years was he manager? And then you're like, no, how many wins? Yeah. Like such a specific, <laughs> <laughs> such a, yeah, good question. All right, Ben, uh, since held serve, what's, which one do you want next? God, uh, give me one. All right. Please. Yeah, I, I think somebody's going to get this one. Okay. Out of the top 10 managers in Cardinal history by win total, how many are in the Baseball Hall of Fame? Okay. Is it me first? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know this to be true, but Branch Rickey has to be in the Hall of Fame. Tony LaRusso is in the Hall of Fame. Joe Torrey's in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, Mike Matheny's not in the Hall of Fame. Mike Schilt <laughs> should be. No. Uh, yeah. 
All right. I'm trying to think. I think famous Padres bench coach. Another Mike name Schultz. that I don't want to say out loud to give Nate any hints. I believe. I, oh man, I really think he did, but now I'm okay. I'm going to say. I'm going to say four. Final answer. Okay. Right. Although I'm well, anyways, yeah. One dollar, Dan. You're saying one. Well, Ben gets it because there's eight of the top ten. Whoa. Eight? Tony LaRusa. Yes. Red Shane Deese. Oh god. Yeah. Whitey Herzog, Billy Southworth, Charles Kaminsky, Frankie Frisch, Branch Ricky, and Joe Torrey. In fact, so, the only two that aren't are Mike Matheny and Eddie Dyer. I somehow Man. completely forgot about Whitey Herzog while I was thinking of that. And then I didn't know some of those other people. I had, <laughs> yeah, I guess I had four in my head and for some reason went with $1. Well, now I fucked up like you did on the last one. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't remember if Shane East was in the, um, yeah. In the actual yep. hall of fame. Yep. Yep. Dummy. Right. I always, I forget about Kaminsky and Frisch and all those guys too. I'm like, Yeah. Of course, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even think. Yeah. There's a lot of things you just think about. All right, Ben, last one. Yeah. We'll get to stick with you since you. Um, Okay. So one was good for me. Let's go with two. All right. Um, Was it good for you though? I mean, I won. Shut up. (laughs) What were the fewest wins of fewest wins of any Cardinal manager? That's officially recorded on baseball reference. <laughs> are we, are you looking for the win total? Yes. Oof. The number of wins for the fewest wins. Oh man. Um, I mean, I, I have to imagine that old Gussie Bush fired somebody like right at the end of the season or something like that. Uh, but also like, Cardinals are pretty stalwart. I don't know. I'm sure this is something from a very like 50 years from before I was born. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven wins. Final answer. <laughs> I love it. Seven wins. All right. I'm definitely not going one. <laughs> You've given me a wide open door here, I think, for an easy, easy win because it's got like, what do you, what do you mean, seven wins? There's no, no one's ever a full season. What? I didn't oh. say it. You, say it. you dumbass. Oh, Listen to the shit. question. Yeah. Okay. Do I like it. I have it. to work with Daniel. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the fewest wins for a manager in a single mm-hmm. season. Okay, I was just hearing well, it. Did you not in his career? Jeez. Yeah, I heard it as okay. I get it. All right, eight wins, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you had said one, I would have gotten it. No, you still would have been high. It's uh, zero. Zero. Oh my god. Well, Artie Artie Trick Latham. Question. Artie Latham went zero and three in nineteen eighteen ninety six. Do you so, know? Uh, do you know how he got the job? Do you know the story behind that? By chance, I do not know okay. that one. I was probably a. I would guess. Let me pull, pull him up real quick. I would not be surprised if he wasn't like a player manager yeah. of some sort. Yeah, somebody got um, fired and then he just took over. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody so. left or or got too drunk and fell off the wagon. Yeah, Something or like it was that. the eighteen hundreds. Then they just like. 
forgot they were on a base. They were the manager <laughs> of a baseball team and like had to go to the farm that day. It rained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I got for you. All right. So uh, I have right. a few more. Some other time we'll get yeah, to Yeah. We'll be we'll back on. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is just exposes how little we know about anything before like 1985. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> when baseball started. Yep. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Daniel, for, for running us through that. I guess, Ben, you beat me one to nothing. <laughs> this Hell yeah. And I mean, really, I, I feel like I kind of clobbered you. So, yeah, that's that's I was. 42 wins off of uh price is right first question i know hey yeah 2200 was a terrible guess anyway (laughs) close the show close the show you live you live by prices right and you die by prices yeah uh daniel thank you so much for being back with us it is always a treat we we really enjoy having you and and uh you know thank you no thanks for having me guys appreciate it yeah so um we will be back next week as always with another episode we are so close we are so close from actual baseball stuff and uh will the show get better when actual baseball is happening we'll find out (laughs) come back every week consider supporting us via patreon and we will be back next week start our world baseball classic coverage and until then john mazalek just do one more thing. Just do like something fun. One more end of the off season fun thing. That's all we're asking for. Okay. Thank you. Thank bye. You. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> wow.